0: to the popcorn talk network for the online broadcast network that features movie discussion news and interviews press one popcorn talk we talk movies From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, Alicia Malone with Scott Movie Mance and the Schmoes know, this is Profiles, in-depth spotlights on the greatest filmmakers and artists in motion picture history. Hello, Hello profilers. profilers,
1: welcome to episode 48, that's 48. 40- Eight episodes of profiles that wow. gets a high five right there. Ooh. That's forty-eight great filmmakers. That is forty-eight different hairstyles. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, if you look at my show reel, I, I change my hair so much that it's
1: <laughs> hilarious. I walked in. I walked in the studio today. I said, "I said, hi, I'm Scott Nance. Nice to meet you." <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I do look very different, but hopefully, you know, it's, it's fun anyway. I like to play around.
1: Well, you know, I like to keep my hair gray. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Which is fitting. (laughs) For our profile today, which is none other than the man himself, George Clooney. Yes. And, you know, like, it's 48 episodes in. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, let's do George Clooney. And then when we're doing all the research on it, we're like, well, this guy is like the ultimate profile. Actor, producer, writer, director, success at all of it. Humanitarian, activist. I mean, he has got a full plate of cards.
2: He sure does. I didn't know this until I did the research that he is the only person to be nominated for Oscars in six different
1: categories yeah that's amazing that is
2: amazing and he is someone who he really gets the business and we've both interviewed him a couple of times and when you do he is so charming but he keeps you at a distance you know he keeps the media at a distance um but he knows how to work it he does not and work he's it. like <laughs> a classic movie star he he reminds me of Cary Grant he's just so charming and suave but he doesn't let his looks uh dictate what he does he's always pushing himself always always trying different things, and I love all the different directors he works with.
1: You know, I was going to ask, you know, we always talk about our first book, the first movie, or the first time we saw these people. What was the first time you actually interviewed him? Do you remember?
2: I remember. It was when I I, I just moved here to America, to LA, and I interviewed him two times in a row. The first was for Descendants on Mm -hmm. the red carpet, and he was just so nice and charming and funny and really smart, and then I interviewed him just a few days later at the Critics' Choice Award and because he's someone that you feel like you know because he's so so familiar, he said to me, wow, because I just dyed my hair again surprise, surprise, Surprise. and it was even redder than before, so he's like, wow your hair gets redder every time I see you (laughs) and I said, yeah, your hair gets grayer and he he pretended to be angry, he was like oh, we have time for one more question, this is outrageous (laughs) and then he laughed and I was like, oh, he's just the best, what about you?
1: The first time I interviewed him was was like 12 years ago or 11 years ago for Good Night and Good Luck, Wow! and it was a great movie And obviously one that was very, very special to him for a lot of reasons and talk about like all all the different hats he wore for that film. But uh, most recently when I interviewed him was for, uh, it was at the Toronto film festival because he produced our brand is crisis. And I didn't know he was going to be there, even though I knew he produced the movie. So uh, when he was walking down the carpet, just like talking to all the other outlets, he was talking to the outlet next to me and he stopped in the middle of their interview and saw me because he recognized me and said, Hey, how are you? Good to see you. So then I was like, "Oh, that's cool. He remembered me." So like when I was interviewing him, I just I said, "I want to thank you for not dying your hair, <laughs> being the silver fox."
2: And I love all the humanitarian work he does. You know, he he's been trying to find a resolution to the conflict in Darfur. He's raised a lot of money for the earthquake in, Hei- in Haiti, Yeah. Haiti, in Haiti, <laughs> and so much more. And as an actor, he's played both the suave guy and the idiot. And today's profiles were. We're going to mainly focus on the films that he's starred in, mm-hmm. but we will be talking a little bit about the films that he's directed and produced and as well.
1: Produced. And, you know, this is like you said, uh, he's worn all these hats. He's a great humanitarian. And, you know, I think that when you look back at his career, He's, yeah, someone could, he's someone who could, he
0: is someone who could. Don't have, call now. Uh, don't busy. call now.
1: We're busy. We're taping <laughs> the profiles here. You know, he's someone who, who could have, you know, was very successful on TV doing ER and where like certain actors like left their TV shows at the first sign that they might have a film career, like that guy from NYPD Blue, David Caruso. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so he left and I mean, he paid the price. But Clooney, even while he was doing films, he stayed with ER and the turning point. Was when he did Out of Sight. Yes. Because then he started making good movies. Yes. I mean, I liked, uh, was it One Fine Day? I thought that was a sweet romantic comedy. <laughs> I really loved
2: One Fine Day. Yeah, it was good. I loved that. You <laughs> know, and
1: uh, From Dust Till Dawn, that was a good it's action really movie. Really? Cool. But, uh, but this is a, you know, you talk about H- Cary Grant, he's like Cary Grant times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Because of just like he's been so successful at everything he's done and he still finds the time to do. Good work for good causes.
2: Yeah, for sure. He has had a wonderful life. Yes, he which has. is a perfect segue into playing our video. Let's roll it.
0: George Timothy Clooney was born on May 6, 1961 in Lexington, Kentucky. His mother, Nina, was a beauty queen and city councilwoman, and his father, Nick Clooney, was an anchorman and game show host. Growing up, Clooney was very active in sports and in 1977 tried out to play professional baseball for the Cincinnati Reds. After attending both Northern Kentucky University and the University of Cincinnati, but not graduating from either, Clooney scraped by selling women's shoes, insurance door-to-door, stocking shelves, working construction, and cutting tobacco. When his cousin Miguel Ferrer got him a small part in his feature debut, 1982's And They're Off, Clooney pursued acting full-time, appearing on TV shows like The Facts of Life, Roseanne, Baby Talk, and a short-lived series called E.R. But starting in 1994, it was the other ER in which he starred as Dr. Doug Ross that catapulted him to fame. Bigger roles in One Fine Day, From Dust Till Dawn, and Batman and Robin followed shortly thereafter. But it wasn't until 1998's Out of Sight that Clooney's run of critically acclaimed films started, and he's been on a roll ever since. As an actor, a director, a producer, or writer, George Clooney has been nominated for eight Academy Awards, winning two supporting actor for syriana and best picture for argo he also won an emmy and four golden globes
2: really impressive so
1: impressive yeah you know okay i just want to get this out of the way batman and robin what do you think of that movie terrible it's bad but i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this about batman and Robin*. yes it's my least favorite batman movie you know including obviously you know the nolan films but I feel like if you look at that first round of Batman films, you know, with Keaton and Val Kilmer, yep. even though Batman and Robin, which came out in 97, was bad. He was still, I think, the best Bruce Wayne. Really? I mean, I know I'm going to get swath. some hate. Yeah. Well, just because it was like a good role for him. It just happened to be in a bad film.
2: Right, yeah. And he
1: took a lot of blame. Like, he said, oh, it's my it's... fault that Batman and Robin bomb." It wasn't. It but wasn't But I also like
2: the the way he jokes about it. I remember hearing about how he, uh, he, he was... His suit, he couldn't do anything, and he had to kind of be sort of wheeled up, and he did this impression where he was like... I'm Batman, and then wheeled (laughs) back down again. It's like he embraces everything: his good films and his bad films.
1: But but that film, like that was the last of its time. Of its time, and and once he. Did that and moved on yeah. to a movie like Out of Sight, which was the next movie he did. He never looked back.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: But what was your first blood?
2: My first blood, I mean, I don't remember seeing him in ER or Roseanne or Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tomatoes. <laughs> Tomatoes.
2: Tomatoes, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, but I remember seeing him in From Dust Till Dawn. But then the one that I really remember, and it is one of my favorite films of his and I'm not ashamed to admit it, is uh, One Fine Day. I love
0: that movie! Yeah. I saw
2: it when I was younger, like on VHS, not in cinemas, and I just became obsessed with it. I just thought it was really sweet, and the chemistry between him and Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, I thought it was really nice, and he plays his dad, and, and he's, you know, single dad, and, and he's a bit he's got a bit of a roguish charm about him, and I just thought they were so good together.
1: I felt like that was a movie that really should have, like, catapulted him into superstar for film, yeah. and it really didn't happen. Happen. Yeah, but it is still. I mean, it's movies ten years old. If it's, if you could believe twenty years old.
2: Yeah, 1996.
1: 19- yeah, crazy. Whoa! Whoa, time flies. And okay, now I feel old. Uh, my was first was, was Doug Ross on ER. Yeah. And, you know, that was 94, and I watched that show religiously for, like, the first five or six years. Ironically, when he left, I kind of stopped watching it because I oh, liked yeah, him liked the him. most. I really liked him a lot on that show. Uh, it was charming. Yeah. Uh, but he was also uh, had commitment issues. Um and you know being in the '90s and having commitment issues, <laughs> I related to it. Yeah, you know, but uh, I just but the first film that that I saw him in mean, was from Dust Till Dawn*. That came out because that came out in January of '96, and yes. then uh, *One Fine Day* came out shortly afterwards. Right. But it was like you know badass kind of movie. It's kind of two movies in one, mm-hmm. right? Because the first half is like very sort of Tarantino-esque.
2: Yep, and then it becomes this vampire <laughs> genre a film. crazy-ass movie from Robert yeah. Rodriguez. But, but I was like fun. anything at that time, anything with quentin in it or involved in it i was like done in, sign me in, up in well let's get into our fast five shall we at at number, number five, five is it's like seeing someone for the first time like you could be passing on the street and, and you look at each other and for a few seconds there's this kind of a, a recognition uh. like you both know something the next moment the person has gone
1: Love it. Out of sight. Love it. Great movie. Released June 26, 1998. Two Oscar nominations. Adapted screenplay and editing. Cost $48 million to make. Box office was about $78 million worldwide. Not great, but this was, like I said before, a turning point in Clooney's career when he started doing critically acclaimed movies. Uh-huh. And he had said at the time, it's not about an opening weekend. It's about a career. Building a set of films you are proud of period and that yeah. was definitely the case with Out of Sight and his first collaboration with Steven Soderbergh.
2: Exactly they kind of established them as this great duo together This um, they had such great creative energy together and like you were saying like before this Clooney had movies like Dust Till Dawn, he had Batman and Robin <laughs> but this is the one that really cemented him as a movie star and I just love the cat and mouse game between his character and Jennifer Lopez's character I think she's never been better than in this movie and I think it was the pairing of her with George Clooney that really elevated that. I mean it's stylish film, it's very sexy
1: and it's very
2: much like uh, Soderbergh you know it has that crime caper feel it's got that great music, the editing and the color grading, non-linear structure.
1: I'm I'm just going to take a one step further about Jennifer Lopez that she's never been better uh, I'm gonna say that this is the only good movie that she ever made. Whoa! I'm man. sorry. Made in Manhattan. Come I made on. exactly my point. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but right. Selena
2: is <laughs> pretty good. Okay, so
1: I'll give you Selena. I think she's
2: the best in Selena, and then here she was really
1: good. Really, I'll, really good. I'll give you Selena. I'll, I'll even give you Made in Manhattan, but this is definitely <laughs> no, the best thing one. she ever did. It's almost 18 years ago, uh, but it is a sexy movie. Like I said, stylish. It's gritty, entertaining. It's slick. Yeah, and I love this the structure. It's such—it's so good at all these things that you just mentioned, the structure, the, the crime caper and everything, that you overlook the fact that, Leash, this is a romantic comedy.
2: Yeah, it is. And it's
1: a great one.
2: It's a really good one because like many romantic comedies, it's the, the people from opposite ends or the wrong side of the tracks or the, the different people that can't possibly be together. How are they going to overcome this? And then slowly kind of you see, and it's very, yeah, the chemistry between them. I mean, very oh. sexy, that scene in the trunk is uh pretty amazing and
1: that scene at the bar towards the the end of the film
2: i love the dialogue between them i mean it has that almost uh the pitter-patter almost of a screwball comedy the way they go back and forth and they're a great match yeah and i think Clooney is often that way with his romantic leads that he's a great match like intellectually as well as being physically physically definitely a match for them and uh this character as well is is kind of what he's played before but the, the first time he really did it, the kind of lovable screw up. He, uh, he's a thief, but it's just one last job, you yep. know, and
1: you can't help but root for him along the way. I love the scene at the bank in the beginning when he's robbing the bank. He's <laughs> so charming and he says, uh, you know, he takes the money, says thanks, have a nice day. And the bank teller goes, You too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. Uh, But Cooney actually said, of Out of Sight, it was the first time where I had a say. It was the first time I read a screenplay where I just went, this is it. Even though it didn't do very well at the box office, it was really good fun. And Roger Ebert said, George Cooney has never been better. Here at last, he looks like a big screen star the good-looking leading man from TV is over with. He
2: also said, Roger Ebert said, uh, between him and Lopez, these two have the kind of unforced fun in their scenes together that reminds you of Bogart and Bacall. Boking and Bacall. And we also got a uh, comment from Billy Billy Polahan, who is actually watching the show. I just saw him tweet... On his TV at home. Oh, on cool. the big screen. Way to go, Billy. So we quite nice. large on his screen right now. <laughs> uh, and he said, Out of Sight is a film that I watched for the first time and needs attention for me out of sight. It's a Steve it's Steven Soderbergh at his finest and George Clooney in his late ER phase showing us that he was more than just a pretty face. His chemistry with Jennifer Lopez is excellent, and the additional performances from Don Cheadle and Albert Brooks, yeah, we should mention them, yep. make it that much sweeter. It's a funny and heartfelt crime caper that proved George Clooney is a movie star that Hollywood not only wants, but needs hashtag, hashtag film, film geek hashtag, hashtag profile
1: for, a fun, love, for, a for a life. life thank you billy thank very you, very billy. cool you know i mean the, you know i talk about the scene from out of sight where he's robbing the bank you know you talk about the trunk scene the bar scene what scene would you pick for your right stuff with this movie with I, this guy
2: yeah i couldn't go past the trunk scene because watching Out of Sight again, like, I just realized, it. yeah, just how perfectly scripted that scene is mm-hmm. and edited as well. And then just the little touches and you see their relationship change over the trunk. And, and it is very sexy as well. So I like the dialogue in that scene and, yeah, the chemistry and the back and forth between them. But it was hard to choose between that and, and something from Oh Brother out there, like the song.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Lot, I know you love it. that's my o personal favorite George Clooney film. What did you choose? I went with Up in the Air. The scene towards the end of the film, yep, when George Clooney goes to surprise Vera Farmiga at her home, it's oh,
2: heartbreaking. That scene, I, mean.
1: I swear to God, I didn't see it coming.
2: Yeah, I mean did neither. not.
1: Did you see that coming? No. I mean, did you have any idea uh-uh. that she had this life?
2: No, and I think that's that's the point too, right? He had no idea, and then you see that realization. You think they're perfect for each other.
1: That, I just remember I saw that movie at the Toronto Film Festival in two thousand nine. And when he goes to her door and she opens the door and you see the kids run up the stairs and the way he just backs away.
2: Yeah. And
1: he's just like so hurt. And he, you know, finally makes a connection with someone and it's too late. I know. It's just too late. And how
2: people can be different on the road. When they're traveling, they can pretend to be different people. Yeah, sort of compartmentalize their life in that way. Yeah, that's uh, a good scene. Yeah, it was
1: a great scene. It was, and you know, it takes a very talented actor to pull that off. Yeah, and he did. Definitely.
2: Well, let's keep going. Our fast five number four is
1: number four. A liar. I only lied about being a thief. I don't do that anymore. Steal. Lie. (laughs) Oceans. 11. Once
2: again, great back and forth.
1: Yes. And once again, director Steven Soderbergh, released on December 7th, 2001, cost $85 million to make. This movie was a big hit worldwide, making over $450 million. Of course, this is a remake of the 1960 Rat Pack film of the same name with Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Jerry Lewis. I love this film. It's cool. Yeah. It's slick. It's fun. It's, it's, it's just a it's just a good time.
2: It's a good heist film. You know, I I love heist films like this that set up the the team, like putting together the team and yep. then it's the planning and then it's the the actual heist and then it's the aftermath and it has enough twists and turns to keep you engaged the whole way through. But it is just it's Hollywood entertainment at its best.
1: It definitely is. And what movie in terms of like getting everyone together did this remind you of? I don't know. Seven Samurai.
2: Yes. Well, that right? one probably did it first, right? Yeah,
1: it definitely did it first. <laughs> because then every
2: other heist film we're like that. We need this guy, we yeah, need well, that guy, this guy, and we we'll so put it great all together them
1: put everybody together. I love it. And like Brad Pitt, he's always eating in this movie. Yeah, and I
2: love Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn together. <laughs> They're hilarious. They're back and forth. I mean, it's just it's really well written. It's so, so much fun to watch. I just enjoy rewatching it so much. And Sean Burns who, from the Philadelphia Weekly at the time. Thumbed up perfectly for me. I read this and I was like, yeah, this is exactly how I feel about the film. He said, it's a giant ice cream cake of a movie that tickles the pleasure centers of your brain, restoring the good name of large scale, old fashioned Hollywood entertainment. Because it does feel a bit old fashioned and the original movie with the Rat Pack is not very good.
1: No, it's not. Basically just an
2: excuse for them all to hang out together.
1: (laughs) But I mean, that's funny. Talk about uh, hanging out together. Clooney said about Ocean's Eleven, uh, it was the easiest shoot for any actor and we all knew Knew it When we were doing it, we were all like, it's never going to be better than this. <laughs> it looked like
2: they had a lot of fun. I remember reading about all the pranks that they would play on each other yeah. and it just seemed like such a good time and it's got such a great cast all coming together. And yeah, once again, I love George Clooney as Danny Ocean. I think this is a movie where he really uses that suave charm that he in has naturally yeah. in his favor because that's exactly what Danny Ocean should be. This guy that you, you don't want to like. But you can't help it. And the guy that can talk his way out of anything and and be very smooth, smooth operator.
1: Well, uh, Steven Soderbergh, who worked with Clooney a lot as a director, as a producer, they did their uh, Section 8 films that they produced together, of which Insomnia – was one of them
2: oh yeah that's yeah, right he
1: produced Insomnia. a lot of people don't know that didn't know that Soderbergh said about Cooney, he inspires people he listens he's generous he's loyal and he's funny which is crucial not surprised yeah. he <laughs> solves problems better than anyone I know and back in 2001 a not as gray-haired Scott Nance <laughs> said about Ocean's Eleven You ready for this? Yes. This will not surprise you coming from me. Okay. There is a cool breeze coming off this ocean. (laughs) Come on, right? King of the cliches. Ever since he left ER, his ER scrubs in the dust a few years ago, George Clooney has gone through great lengths to play some very charismatic and very greedy big screen characters. He went from stealing uncut diamonds in 1998's Out of Sight to stealing Kuwaiti gold in Three Kings. In last year, this is back in 2001, The Perfect Storm, he knew catching big fish meant big bucks. And earlier this year, he won a Golden Globe for his performance as a bumbling fugitive in Old Brother Where Art Thou? Now he goes for whole car cash in Ocean's Eleven. And he is irresistible, ultra cool, and that makes him the perfect choice as Danny Ocean.
2: Very true. And a lot of people watching live on YouTube are saying, rest in peace, Bernie Mac.
1: Oh, Burning that
2: Yeah, but Rachel Cushing on Facebook said, Though I know he has more than proven him, proven himself as a versatile actor, I like my George Clooney to be dapper and suave with just a little twinkle in his eye and that one-sided smile that makes me go weak in the knees. He is like a modern-day Cary Grant, and in no movie is that more evident than in Ocean's Eleven. Like the original 1960 film it is a remake of, Steven Soderbergh's heist adventure defines the word cool from the actors to the costumes, the set, the elaborate theft devised by George Clooney's smooth ex-con Danny Ocean. Clooney is simply perfect as this intelligent yet honest rogue who puts together a special kind of brothers that manages to pull off one of the most fun and funny revenge heists in movie history.
1: Agreed, Rachel Cushing. Always well-written Rachel Cushing. <laughs> yes. Ben, Gra- ben Kramer has this to add. Hiya, Ben. Ocean's Eleven has always been my favorite George Cooney movie. When people say he's a 21st century Cary Grant, this is the <laughs> movie that showcases the qualities we saw in Grant. Everybody says that. Yes. Uh, the he good looks, the charm, the woody banter are all utilized perfectly thanks to the wonderful ensemble Cast and Masterful Direction by Steven Soderbergh. Hashtag Film geek, Hashtag profile for life. Well, recently
2: I got to interview uh, George Clooney for Hail Caesar mm. and so I mentioned, you know, the Cary Grant comparison and also I mentioned a comment that he made on his Inside the Actor Studio episode where he said that the comparisons with him and Cary Grant were just because he was a hair actor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that phrase. It's oh, so funny. Actor. But let's get into more trivia of George Clooney. Hit me with something that I might not
1: know. Well, did you know that he auditioned not once, not twice, five times Yes you do know this.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do?
1: Wait, go ahead, finish for it. For J.D.
2: Yeah. In Thelma and Louise. Yes. The role that eventually went to Brad Pitt. His
1: buddy, his pal, his co-star from Ocean's Eleven. And Aladdin. he
2: also auditioned for the role of Mr. Blonde in Reservoir Dogs, which went to Michael Madsen. Wow. That yeah. is very cool. Well, Imagine did you know? him doing the dance and cutting off the ear.
1: I could see him. Yeah. I could see him doing that. That would have been awesome, <laughs> <would've> been, actually. <laughs> that right? would
2: have been cool. That would
1: have been very cool. <laughs> did you know that his maternal great, great, great-great-grandmother Marianne Sparrow Was the half sister of Nancy Lincoln, the mother of President Abraham Lincoln? No, I did not know
2: that. This guy should
1: run for president. That's so crazy! I would vote for George Clooney right now for president. I
2: love the fact that his mother was a former beauty pageant queen and his father was at one point on AMC hosting. So he has the kind of the classic movie knowledge and then the the good looks as well. Um, But did you also know? I I know you know this, but anyway, um, (laughs) that he apparently got into a fist fight with David O. Russell on the of Three Kings, apparently because David was mean to the extras. And after that, David O. Russell said he wouldn't make another George Clooney movie if they paid me $20 million. And I'm always wondering, you know, these two are often on the awards circuit at the same time. Do
1: they run into each other? What happens? What do they say?
2: Do they just avoid each other? <laughs> I don't know! Are they civil to each other? Is it water under the bridge now? Who knows? I gotta tell
1: you, though, Three Kings is is it's still really good, isn't it? Is it is a great movie. Despite the drama. I, I gotta tell you, you know, doing our Fast Five, I don't want to give anything away but it is it is a movie that was ahead of its time because it came out in 99 october 1st and when we went to war like the gulf war started in uh march of 2003 i went back and i watched three kings again and a lot of the dialogue in that film could have been written after 2003, not in 1980. or 1999. Yeah, sure. It was yeah. so ahead of time. I
2: rewatched it recently when I was sick and, and it still holds up. It's a The yeah.
1: cinematography in that yeah. film. the editing. It is, a, it is a...
2: The music. Yep, it's yeah. great. Everything. Alright, well let's keep going with our fast five at number three is... I'm not
0: the guy that you kill. I'm the guy that you buy. Are you so
2: blind you don't even see what I am? I'm the easiest part of your whole goddamn problem and you're going to kill me?
1: Love that. Uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. This movie came out October 5th, 2007. Seven Oscar nominations, including picture, director, and best actor for George Clooney. One win for supporting actress Tilda Swinton. Cost 25 million to make box office worldwide, 93 million. Written and directed by Tony Gilroy. Now, you said you saw this recently after not having seen it since 2007. How was it for you?
2: Loved it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I forgot how great this film is. I mean, I remember liking it at the time, but watching it again, it's like, it feels like a 70s political paranoid thriller. So that same uh, structure to it. The acting is brilliant. I think George is so great in it he's definitely playing against the suave type because he is he's an operator but a very different operator to danny ocean he's he's a fixer but he's completely different to that suave con man
1: he's a fixer whose personal life is, a, is in shambles
2: and then he has a moral uh
1: crisis of crisis yeah, yeah, in, yeah with him and it it, it is superbly acted it's a gripping and I like corporate legal thriller. the
2: structure as well because the first time I watched it, I remember being so confused
1: it is confusing
2: and then because it jumps back four days earlier but watching it again it's just it's so much more satisfying I think that it way is,
1: it's it's engrossing It's fully immersive and it's smart. It's intricately plotted to the point where you really do need to go back and watch it again. And when you do, you realize just how watertight this movie is. There's not a wasted moment in this film. And I, yeah, I I agree. When I was watching it again, I was like, oh, this feels like a movie they would have done back really well in the 70s. For sure. Um, And actually it was interesting that Denzel Washington turned down the lead role as Michael Clayton because he, you know, he didn't want to work with someone who wasn't a tested director I mean, and even Clooney at the time passed on the film and he you know came back to it thankfully uh, the boston globe loved the movie Clooney, for his part allows his movie star good looks to go flabby and soft all mm-hmm. things being relative of course <laughs> and he buries the performance way down into the gut it is great entertainment weekly gave it an a saying it's better than good it just about restores your faith in film
2: yeah well you're saying he passed on the film i mean it is seen as a risk for him because also the, the director and the material as well i mean it's a very subtle performance from yep. him but it's very convincing um he's somewhat of an unlikable character but you follow him along it's a redemption story and i always love that kind of character arc yep um and you know he was nominated like you said and who did he lose to
1: wait 2007 <laughs> someone
2: that you wouldn't be that upset to lose to because it was brilliant
1: Oh, uh, 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 what Daniel Day-Lewis yes. for uh, there, there Will Be, be Blood. there will be blood, yes. Wow, yeah. Understandable. Understand? Okay,
2: I'll take that. But really good. And I think <laughs> yeah. that happened a lot with George Clooney and, of course, Leo, like we've talked so about before, that he's always been up against someone who's quite flashy and, and so, big.
1: So basically, Daniel Day-Lewis said to George Clooney, I drink your milkshake <laughs>
2: I, I drink, drink it your up. your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um so, <laughs> Dan Skip Allen gave us our comment about this one and said George George Clooney as Michael Clayton is probably the best performance of his career the irony is that he plays a smart corporate fixer but his messed up personal life is what really needs fixing this is a serious role no funny business here and it really shows in the dramatic scenes with Tom Wilkinson's character what a powerful performance and it's one where Clooney Really means business.
1: Clooney does mean business. He means such business that he's made so many other films that would have fit quite nicely into yeah. our Fast Five. Not so many. So in the others. Hit me up with one of those others. Okay. Well, we
2: talked about from dust till dawn. We've yep. talked about three kings. Mm-hmm. So we'll say they talked about. So let's talk about my favorite. Oh brother, where art thou.
1: You love that movie
2: from 2000, <laughs> uh, with his first time with the Coens, his first idiot with the Coens. Yeah. And he went on to play three other idiots, including in Hail Caesar, <laughs> which I just love when he talks about that. And he's like, gets the script. And he's like, really guys? Another bumbling idiot. Come on. But this one, he's definitely playing against his type. Um, his, his character is so stupid <laughs> over the top, but he's still lovable. He's a con man too, uh, a criminal Dapper Dan. Uh, I just love, I love this movie. It's just funny, great music and a great, Road travel, fairy tale, magical realism—everything in one.
1: Loosely based on Homer's The Odyssey.
2: Yeah, it's oh, just got so much in there.
1: It's so much, and the soundtrack, obviously Grammy-winning uh, soundtrack, produced by T Bone Burnett. The soggy Bottom boy. <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my others is a film that you either love it or hate it. Yeah. And I remember when I was sitting in the theater in November of two thousand two, watching this film. I was transfixed, mesmerized, hypnotized by this film, and people were walking out.
2: Solaris?
1: Solaris. Solaris? Solaris. Solaris? Solaris. Solaris.
2: Solaris. <laughs> I, again, one that I saw once mm-hmm. uh, back then and can't remember it that well, but keep seeing it pop up on sci fi lists.
1: It is a great movie.
2: Need to visit again because mm-hmm. I can barely
1: remember it. Leash, visit it again. It's a film that you really do have to surrender yourself to. It's a remake of a Russian classic that's twice its length that came out in the early 70s. This movie's only about 90 minutes or a little bit longer. But But it's an existential film. And it, it's very, very, it, it's hypnotic. It's mesmerizing. Interesting. Just you really have to surrender yourself to it. And Cooney's performance is fantastic. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. A movie that is often overlooked and underappreciated. Yeah. I'm telling you Profilers, Solaris is great. Watch Solaris.
2: it. Solaris. I will I will rewatch that one for sure. Uh, fantastic Mr. Fox. Yay! Who did the voice um, for Wes Anderson's stop-motion movie, Claymation, whatever it was, animation. It's just he was perfectly cast as this character, the charming, smart thief. He's a who fox. Who can't, yeah, can't <laughs> give up. Uh, he's, he's kind of got an addiction to thieving. He finds it hard to change. He's conflicted with his family. Uh, yeah, I love him.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Got the way down. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love Siriana. Yes. Seriana from 2005, written and directed by Stephen Gagan. This is the movie that won George Clooney, his only actor Oscar so far... Yep. So far, because I'm, you know, supporting, it's actor. supporting actor for 2005. This just like like Michael Clayton in a way is a movie that you do need to see a couple of times because yeah. it is very, dense. very dense and complex and intricate plotting. But it is a it is a really fascinating and provocative film yeah. about the oil industry, exactly. especially over overseas in the Middle East.
2: And uh, he he still gets headaches from when he hit his head on concrete during the torture scene. He gained that 30 movie. pounds. He really for that role. did everything.
1: I mean, he he had that beard. He like talk about a movie where he hid behind his charisma and good looks yeah he is oh he looked like he hasn't slept in like five weeks yeah and it is a very physically and emotionally grueling performance and he definitely one where he definitely deserved the oscar win what else he got
2: and one that he was also perfectly cast in is gravity gravity
1: yes 2013 yep.
2: alfonso curran the him, you know on type on brand mm-hmm. as that smooth fast-talking witty very smart fellow astronaut who becomes kind of the uh, guardian angel character literally just, yeah Sandra Bullock and just his voice is so calming. Um, he's funny and, and uh, he's not in it that long, but he's there to support her.
1: He's not in it that long, but the fact that he makes such such an impact that it feels like he was in it longer than he really was yeah. is a testament to his performance. And we were talking about our right stuff. One of the other scenes I was thinking about was the scene in Gravity. I mean, I'm sorry if I spoil it here, but when, after All Help Breaks Loose yeah. and Sandra Bullock's astronaut is in the is in the cockpit of the spacecraft, and he gets in, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what's going on? We have did he did he survive?" And he's like joking, like you said, he's joking around. He's yeah. charismatic, and then he's he he shifts, makes a seamless shift, and he's talking to her about, "Don't give up, live your life." Mm-hmm. And the camera pans back to Sandra Bullock, and it pans back to his seat and it's empty. Yeah. It was so chilling and so uh, like moving when you realize that he wasn't really there.
2: I know. And, and so uh, confusing at first when he yeah, appears, because like, you're like, minute.
1: what, what? Yeah. Wait,
2: what? Um, How <laughs> do I <don't> survive that? <laughs> now we're obviously just talking about the films that he's starred in. We're going to get to his directing films later on, but I just want to mention the bracket winners. Yes. For this week. So on our Facebook page profiles with Malone and Mats, uh we have great profilers who do these brackets where they pitch movies against each other and see who people love or which character or which um, movie. And so this week they did two different brackets. One was run by Rachel Cushing and the other was run by Josh Willingham. And they did one bracket for his acting roles oh. and then the other bracket for his directing or producing.
1: See how versatile he is?
2: So versatile. <laughs> so it came down to acting. It was Everett from Oh Brother okay. versus Ryan from Up in the Air talking about favorite Clooney characters and roles. Who do you think won the acting bracket?
1: I'm going to go with your favorite.
2: No, it was actually oh, Ryan was from Ryan Up Bingham. in the Air. Okay, yeah, good. I'm down with that. And then when it came down to directing and producing, it went to Argo versus Ides of March.
1: Argo. Yeah, Argo won. It had to be Argo. Yeah, it had to be yeah, Argo. It did win Best Picture. Great,
2: great movie. All right, well, let's keep going with our number two which is... What's up, bro? Don't ever do that to me again. <laughs>
1: I love that the line. Descendants. <laughs> <laughs> the Descendants, excellent film, released November eighteenth, two thousand eleven. Directed by Alexander Payne, ironically his first film since two thousand four's Sideways. Five Oscar nominations, including picture, director, best actor for George Clooney. It won for adapted screenplay. Cost only twenty million to make. Made worldwide one hundred and seventy seven film. I love. Alexander Payne's films because his characters are so quirky. They don't have their act together. They're so human.
2: Yes, and that's the thing he's so good at. He takes Alexander Payne, takes actors like uh, Jack Nicholson or uh, George Clooney, these big movie stars, and kind of strips them down and yeah. makes them real and human. I mean, the image of George Clooney running down the street in flip flops okay. or thongs, as we'd call them in Australia, and he's just he's a his a dad. He's a soon-to-be widow. He's dealing with a lot. He's trying to deal with his family. Um, he's trying to track down the guy that his wife had an affair with I yeah, mean he's, got a, he's got a lot going on and he's not the the charm smooth suave guy that has it all together this again is a very different Clooney role than we've seen before
1: yeah and also has great supporting performances from Robert Forrester Matthew Lillard I mean he yeah. did not expect that out of him of course Shailene Whitley you know that really put her on the map mm-hmm. and on the way to Divergence um, but the music music is really great beautiful Hawaiian music and uh, Rolling Stone said that director Alexander Payne is a master of the human comedy, and George Clooney has never exposed himself to the camera this openly.
2: And Todd McCarthy, who was working for The Hollywood Reporter, said, It's Clooney who carries it all with an underplayed, sometimes self deprecating, and exceptionally resonant performance. He's on screen nearly all the time and narrates as well, and makes it easy to spend nearly two hours with a man forced to carry more than his fair share of the weight of the world on his shoulders for a spell. I mean, he was nominated as well for this, like you said, and he lost to...
1: Oh, he was... Oh, wait He was nominated for 2011. Someone oh. who
2: I think he became friends with, because he cast him in a movie. Oh, tell me. Jean de Jardin. Jean de Jardin. From uh, The, the Artist. Artist. Yeah, and yeah, then I'd of course... Jean, up, de yeah, Jean, de <laughs> Jean de Jardin! Jean de Jardin. Jean de Jardin. And uh, yeah, he ended up casting him in Monuments Men.
1: So right just feel like hey, we're, cool. Yeah. we're cool
2: yeah both both very charming actors uh but i love Clooney in this role i mean he's flawed he's complicated he's humble and he just holds back that mega charm and and it's a very relatable movie about family and about dealing with grief
1: and George, Brian Sudfield said that Descendants is a brilliant, engaging dramedy that contains the best performance from Clooney that I've ever seen. Matt King is a simple character who's able to keep himself restrained while coping with his wife's unconsciousness and affair and dealing with his messed up daughters. The oldest played marvelously by Shailene Woodley. Once he says goodbye to his wife, it kills me each and every viewing. His story glued me yeah. and no one could have played the role like Clooney. Hashtag Film geek. Hashtag Profile for Life. Yeah,
2: that scene. That could have been another right stuff, that scene. Yeah, said goodbye. Ugh. Joshua Willingham says, I love The Descendants not only because it's a great film but the way Clooney portrays his character Matt King. Clooney has long been a staple of Hollywood, along with all the sophistication and suaveness a man can have. The Descendants made me see him in a different light as he's a struggling father trying to raise two girls all the while dealing with the struggle of a comatose, cheating wife. You see him cracking at the scene not knowing where to turn while trying to juggle everything going on around him you see him stripped of his persona and view him like a a regular regular human human being being. well said
1: well said joshua willingham and that brings us to the fantastic silver fox movies (laughs) that he directed and or produced that we love and i mean number one on that list has to be good night and good luck
2: Yes, I mean he. What he co-wrote, he directed, produced. He, he produced, he co-starred. co-starred. A true story about the CBS reporter and the producer who challenged Senator McCarthy's fear campaign.
1: Edward R. Murrow. Yeah, played by David Strathairn, Oscar nominated for that. Great, wasn't he? he? Was great in this movie. Six Oscar nominations, including. Picture, director, and screenplay. And Fantastic. A very, I love to be shot in black and white. Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna say. It feels very subdued and subtle in the way that it's shot, but it's got a great style to it. Yep. And then a movie that doesn't feel at all subdued but is really cool in terms of the experiments he did with style is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind.
1: Yeah, his first movie as a director.
2: His first movie uh, based on Charlie Kaufman's adaptation of Chuck Barris's fictionalized <laughs> yeah. biography.
1: It was a challenging film. It was a it was a bold movie.
2: Bold, that's yes, a thing. It it's very experimental. Clooney was just trying out his style Mm -hmm. with all the color and the transitions and the crazy scenes. Avant-garde, really impressive debut. And Sam Rockwell.
1: Sam Rockwell was great. He's always great. How about The Ides of March?
2: Yeah, I I like that. Solid. Solid
1: film, 2011. Feels
2: different from those ones we were just talking about.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, he could do something like screwball comedy like The Leatherheads. Yeah. And then he can do like a political thriller like The Ides of March, which is based on the play Farragut North. It's a well-acted, it's, it's, you know, it's solid.
2: Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Is yep. great
1: political thriller, and then
2: Clooney, you know, casts himself as, and he's kind of using his persona as charming in a different way. Because then, when he turns, you're like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, that was a good turn, wasn't it? Was it? A good turn, yeah. and I think that it's it's great how it shows how you know these idealistic. People start out in politics and they might become corrupt as they go on. It's pretty dark look at politics. You mentioned Leatherheads. It is a screwball football rom-com yep. starring Clooney and John Krasinski. Um, it's pretty forgettable, but it's got some good moments. And then do we mention Monuments Men? <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, it's fine. It's not really great. Like it. It's yeah. not, you know. It feels
2: like it's trying to be an Oceans film. Yeah, it does
1: feel like that, doesn't it? It
2: just didn't work out. Great
1: cast, though. And Ward just came out for his, he's going to direct his sixth movie. Yes. Called Suburbicon. Suburbicon. With Julianne Moore and Matt Damon.
2: And it's based on a script written by written the Coen by brothers. the Coen brothers, yeah. So it sounds really cool. And he's just been in Berlin um, not only promoting Hail Caesar, but also talking about this film and selling it. And he's done the sales pitch and he's sold the rights worldwide.
1: How do you say no to him, by the way? I know. How do you say no? I don't think so, George.
2: So that <laughs> will be coming on. very soon. Yeah, I'm very excited soon. about that. Well, what
1: about the movies that he produced? Because obviously Argo. Argo. I mean, that movie, One for he, he is an Oscar for Best Picture.
2: Yeah, incredible. I mean,
1: that's incredible.
2: And the thing about Clooney is both uh, in front of the camera and behind the camera, his name gets green lights.
1: It does. It I helps mean, out. August he O'Sage helps other directors. County, he, you know, he produced August Osage County. He produced Our Brand is Crisis. He produced Insomnia. Uh, you know, which is a movie that a lot of people don't know that George Clooney produced. Yeah. But Insomnia, I mean, you know, we talked about the movie Elsewhere. Nolan. Uh, and, uh, Nolan and no. Pacino. Nolan no. You know, Pacino profiles. Watch it. Um, But, yeah, so so the guy just, he does not stop. And then he still finds time for all the humanitarian efforts that he does. And nice we are now at the number one movie on our Fast Five, which, which is-, is... Oh,
0: man, it's huge. You have no idea. Ah, oh, how big? Huh? It's what is it? This big. Uh, This
2: big? I don't want to
1: brag.
0: Oh, come on. Come on.
1: Let's just say I have a number in mind. I haven't hit it yet.
2: Up in the air. Up in the air. We're talking about Miles.
1: I (laughs) love this movie. I love this movie. It was my number one favorite film of 2009. Mm -hmm. And it lost Best Picture, unfortunately, to The Hurt Locker. That's
2: right. And he lost Best Actor to...
1: 2009? Jeff
2: Bridges. Jeff Bridges for <laughs> Crazy Heart.
1: Oh, for Crazy Heart. Yeah. yeah damn. Yes. It's, yeah. Released December yes. 4th, 2009. Directed by Jason Reitman. Six Oscar nominations, including picture, director, screenplay, actor, and two for supporting actress. Cost $25 million to make. Box office was $167 million worldwide. And again, I mentioned I saw it at, at TIFF in 2009, and I just was sitting there like after the movie was was going, you know, was over, and I'm watching the credits. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to run to the next thing. I wanted to be in the moment, yeah. Because not just because it was a great movie on its own, but because this is, you know, this is a year after the the housing crisis, you know, uh, you know, put the country into the worst recession since the 30s, mm-hmm. and this movie just really hit its mark. It is, it was so of the moment. Really, it big. is a snapshot of those times when companies were just laying off people left and right. And here's a guy whose job it is to go around laying off people and he's good at it.
2: I know it's, it's great. Like when you look at the film, because not only does it, it make those points about the economic crisis and it shows what it must have been like to both do the firing and get fired. But it's also a travel movie. It's very relatable. Uh, I definitely relate to it even more now than when I first saw it because of all the traveling I do with Junkets. You know, I've got my security line situation down pat. I've, I've got the miles cards I'm priority. I've got it sorted. Yep. But you do relate to it being both lonely on the road and also kind of an addiction because you can be someone else and you can always keep moving and it also saves you from actually having to commit to anyone so it's also a relationships movie too i mean there's just so much you know weaved into here jason reitman said himself in one sense it's a movie about a man who fires people for a living in another sense it's a movie by about a man who collects air miles excessively in another sense it's about a man who meets a woman who's so similar to him that even though they both believe in the idea of living solo, they begin to fall in love.
1: Well, uh, Scott Mance <laughs> oh, like
2: uh, said his back work. in 2009,
1: said it's a complex role and George Clooney plays it perfectly. In fact, never before has Clooney conveyed so much emotional depth, resulting in an unforgettable performance that's commanding, charming, vulnerable, and ultimately heartbreaking.
2: Smart one, that, that Scott Matt. Well, he thank always you it, right. and, <laughs> So in one sense, it is this kind of Clooney role because it's the, the charming, the bachelor, you know, everything that he kind of was himself at the time. But on the other hand, it's not at all like Clooney because he has that desperation to his character, the loneliness, the sadness. And Without
1: all his stuff. No- without nomad. that job he's nobody
2: yeah without what's in your backpack it's like that nomad situation and that when he's... he
1: goes home and there's nothing
2: yeah that apartment is so depressing It's
1: depressing there's nothing on the walls it's there's this little nothing. thing and just you know getting to that scene with vera farmiga at the end of the film mm-hmm. where he he throughout the course of the movie he's starting to finally make connections with his family with anna kendrick who is fantastic in this movie she was really she good. was nominated so was a, so was vera farmiga and then he just realizes you know what it, I think I, I think I missed the boat here. Yeah, I, it might be too late for me. I know. you know, I which it. is a
2: fear everyone has.
1: But it just leaves it open. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have like that that sealed ending. And I love how like every city they go to, they always show it from the air yeah from up in the air yep because you see it
2: as you go across uh kenneth turan of la times said it's hard to think of an actor who is better at projecting the professional smoothness that's essential to make this character persona but clooney turns out to be willing to take that persona even further and i think a lot of the success of the character was because of him definitely the the miami
1: herald Added, no, the cooney has no peer at conveying suave, unflappable charm, but the role of Ryan Bingham requires the actor to do something that's different. Deflate the illusion and explore the emptiness beneath the cool.
2: And our very own Jason Smith yep. says, Up in the Air is one of my favorite movies of all time. George Clooney's character is a man who prefers Constance in an ever-changing world and ever-changing environment. He isolates himself for safety and security, but deep down inside he longs for the true connection. I love this movie from the first time I saw it.
1: And our own Tyler Myers.
2: Tyler, who's watching. Hello,
1: Tyler. Hello, Tyler. And you are going to give you the last word on our George Clooney profile here by saying there are so many great George Clooney films to pick from, but the one I'm going with is Up in the Air. This is a film that stayed with me for a while ever since I saw it, for it beautifully tackles loneliness and humanity with such emotional resonance while still adding Jason Reitman's signature humor. Clooney is perfect as Ryan Bingham, for we've all been in that situation where you spent your time in such an isolated state and there's something or someone waiting for you in this vast world to change your life around for better and worse. Everything hits on the right notes from its quirky beginning right down to its bittersweet end. And that brings the show... To a bittersweet end should
2: you do some business yes
1: let 's take care of some business before we go make sure you go to iTunes. yes, we have a podcast on iTunes profiles even if you 're watching the show live, even if you 're watching it later, make sure you go to iTunes rate and review profiles write us a little review let us know what you think on the iTunes page mm-hmm. and make sure you share it with everyone make sure you also go to youtube.com backslash popcorn talk network subscribe to us there and again share our YouTube show to everyone and tell them to share it with everyone too make sure you go to our Facebook page yes. our Facebook page is the happiest place on earth yes for movie people it is uh-huh. profiles with Malone Mance Go there, like our Facebook page. You'll be the first to know who our next profile is. You can weigh in on the movies that you love and why you love them. And as you can see in here, we do read your comments and give you credit because we're all profilers. We're all
2: profilers. And if you want to wear your love for profiles right here on your body you can go to tfury.com slash user slash profiles and you can get i've got the uh, blade runner one right now you probably can't see because my computer's in the way but um it's got faces on it and i've
1: got the uh classic, the classic hashtag film geek it's it's tea public, right
2: <laughs> oh yeah tpublic sorry tpublic.com
1: backslash public
2: dot com slash user slash profile there you go promise
1: that's and then the right one, one last thing and make sure you let us know what you think of everything we just talked about by shooting us something on twitter <laughs> tweeting us at Alicia malone at movie mance at Alicia malone at movie mance at movie man, <laughs> at Sorry for
2: listening with headphones. It's
1: all about the pause. <laughs>
2: and now I close my book.
1: I close mine. I try again, and I close it again. And there we'll go. be back
2: not next week, but the week after.
1: And until next time, bye. bye.
0: <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com.